Hello and welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. My name is Julie Hogbin and I am the creator of the three weekly episodes that are produced. Wealth Wednesday, the A to Z of business on Friday and a longer content piece or interview on a Monday. If you like what you hear, please share this podcast if you think it would support and help somebody else. I thought I'd take this opportunity to share maybe a little bit of my journey from 2011 till where I am now. And uh, don't worry, I'm not going to share from 2011 to 2022, because that would be a long episode. I shared the other morning on Clubhouse a little bit of my journey in the property arena, which I sort of launched myself into in 2011, not knowing anything. And since then, I have been receiving messages from all sorts of people asking to talk to me about how I did what I did and why did I do what I did and maybe can I help them. And um, I'm getting quite a few bookings into my calendar because I do, I do, if you like, complimentary calls, which, of course, some end up in coaching, mentoring, and some don't. It is a complimentary call without a hard sale. So... If anybody wants to have one of those with me, go to my Instagram post, find find me on social media and I'll send you the Calendly link to, to book that in. So what's the story? Back in 2011, I was a partner in a learning and development firm. And probably many of you know, my background is leadership and management consultancy. And I have been doing that or had been doing that for at that point, probably nearly 30 years, late 20, so a couple of decades plus. And honestly, I have worked with tens of thousands of leaders in business over that time. And in 2011, the partnership had sort of imploded a bit and we'd gone from 14 partners and we were down to four. We had gone from an office in South Quay, so for some of you that know, that's just off of Canary Wharf, and we were having a meeting in somebody's, one of the partner's kitchens. So the, for, and for various reasons, the landlord had sold the land for a you know massive development. We'd made the decision not to buy another property or to rent another office. We were operating as a participative management structure. So we all made the decisions that affected us and the business and our colleagues all together, which was um, a fabulous culture to operate within. And I've just recently recognised that that is now what some organisations are calling TEAL, so T-E-A-L. I've done some reading. It's exactly the same as we were doing way back when somebody's branded it. All good. It's what happens. It's how things evolve. Um, And I was sitting in the kitchen in 2011 with four of my colleagues thinking, what am I doing? Just what am I doing? Why am I here? What's going on? I we were working exclusively with the non-profit sector, so charities, government, local authorities, national health. That was a value-driven decision that the business had taken when it was originally set up by its um, original founder, who at that point was no longer in the firm. She had moved over to uh, the States, which was part of her life dream. 
and the comp the organization that was which was called level headed had you know created that and had allowed, had allowed that to happen uh you know with best wishes gratitude and everything that went with that and i'm sitting in the kitchen in 2011 thinking what on earth am i doing and i made a decision in that moment to leave this was my only source of income at the time i am not was not married wasn't in a relationship at that point and i just made the decision to go i told my colleagues at that point i was leaving uh, which was a shock to the system we had a very adult calm intelligent conversation about how to redistribute my work that was in my diary that got the majority of that was distributed out to my colleague who was also in the leadership arena and basically i left i came home and i phoned my mortgage broker up <laughs> bless him and i said we need to remortgage my house because i have just given my notice in and he said how long have we got and i said three weeks <clears throat> so the house got mortgaged back in the day when you could do a remortgage in three weeks in fact it got done quicker than that um, money went into my bank so when I eventually left I had the I'm going to say the what I would now call the abundance of having money in the bank so I wasn't desperate for getting cash or earning and the decision I made at that point because I would have been 2011 I would have been 50 something maybe 50 maybe I was having a midlife crisis who knows but I would have been 50 and I had worked from the age of 16 nonstop. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining, I'm not moaning. I'd had numerous jobs. I'm one of those people that changed jobs, changed disciplines when the opportunity arose. So my career had started off. I left school on the Tuesday, I got a job on the Wednesday and I started on the Thursday and at the time it was in a fashion shop and then I ended up in accountancy, financial accounts. Then I ended up in management accounts. Then I went back to financial accounts. Then I went into auditing. Then I went into systems implementation. So teaching people how to use financial systems in the new computerized world. And I eventually ended up in learning development um, and running a management graduate scheme where I did all the recruitment. Um, it was a year long program. Uh, absolutely loved it then I took redundancy I accepted redundancy um, then I was self-employed then I did a massive contract with PricewaterhouseCoopers and then I went into working as a partner within level-headed and then I left and then I thought what do I do and what I decided to do, somebody had given me a ticket to, at the time, it was something called the NAC, the National Achievers Congress. Oh, and my world opened up to a whole world of, I, well, I just didn't know existed. So I'd been very corporate focused. I hadn't been what was classified as an entrepreneur. I hadn't really run my own business at that point. Although I had been self-employed, I was self-employed. I was a one-man band, didn't work with anybody. Um, worked as a consultant for other consultants, which is how I um, ended up with PricewaterhouseCoopers. 
And then I went to the NAC and saw just all these people on stage. It was, now I know, a multi-speaker event. It was high sales, high selling, um, you know, hard selling from the stage. And what I did at that event, because I didn't know what I wanted to do, I bought a program, my credit card came out. I bought a program for property investing. I bought a program for internet marketing. I bought another program for, I believe it was social media. I need to remind myself of that because clearly I've forgotten. And then I bought um, a Tony Robbins program where he still runs it, but, but of course now it's been online for the last two years, but where you basically walk on fire. Oh dear, and loved it. So I started off on the property at that point and I did a three day event in London um, it was with the Welsh Dragon, so John Lee and Vincent Wong. And at that event, I was upsold to a year-long mastermind in their offices in Milton Keynes at the time. And that was an experience and a half because, well, it was just an experience and a half. So I'd come out of a very corporate type background into this world of entrepreneurial beings and people who make a decision and it's implemented the next day or even, you know, sometimes even before they'd almost thought about it was how I felt it was happening, which to me was an eye opener. So you make a decision and it happens. Whereas everything I've done, you made a decision, it goes to boards, it goes to your colleagues, it goes to your business partners, you have a discussion and then it happens. And here it was happening in front of me. And from that whole event, that got me into property. And my, and please remember at this point, I didn't even know at that point that you could own two properties. Now, call me naive, call me whatever you, you want. Um, I had never been involved or around people, and there's a big learning in this, who had ever been in property. Well, that's a bit of a lie, actually. I had, but I hadn't learned the lesson, and they hadn't really shared very much about what they did. Um. And I, and I don't know why when I look back, but they didn't share. So I wasn't, I, I knew they were a business person. I knew they had their own business, but I didn't know they had properties as well. Um, so my first property deal was a lease option because that's one of the key things that um, John and Vince taught. So my first deal was a lease option because I had bought a lead that promised to be a BMV, so below market value, and it wasn't. But because I knew lease options, I could provide a solution to the vendor's problem that allowed them to go off and start a new life in America. So I took the lease option on, um, made sure everything worked and I converted that lease option into an HMO. Now, I didn't know at the time that you couldn't do that because I didn't know about HMOs. My very first tenant uh, was just a rogue. I'd forgotten all my recruitment experience. I'd walked into this new world thinking everything that had gone before was of no service to me, which of course is a complete and utter load of bull everything that had gone before, seeing as I was a leadership, a management, recruitment person, 
for decades, you know, building relationships, communicating with people, negotiating, acting as a mediator, um, acting as an arbitrator at times, all of those skills, you know, managing conflict, how to get the best out of people, enabling people to be the best. They're naturally ingrained in me, but I forgot I could use them. My first tenant was a nightmare. I physically packed his belongings into black sacks and escorted him out of the house uh, while he was on the phone to the police. Now, again, I know you don't do that now. Back then, he was a rogue tenant. He was gone. Um, and he'd caused a lot of upset in the house. I mean, please don't get me wrong. He was weeing in the, in the, up the stairs. He was, um, he got into bed with one of the other tenants. Oh, anyway, lots of, lots of learning. So that was my first deal. I came out of that and then started, and remember at the same time as all this is going on, I'm learning about internet marketing. I'm learning about how to build websites I'm entering into a world of networking and attending property events. And I think I was probably attending, I don't know, I'm going to say two or three a week, learning, soaking it all up. And I'm, and I'm still doing that, even in 2022. And I know we've been in lockdown and I know the, you know, the physical events have not happened as such. And I'm not great with online, but I've been on Clubhouse probably nearly every morning for the last year within a property room, um, you know, sharing, helping, supporting, doing what I can to enable other people to get onto the property journey for that financial freedom, um, you know, creating that true wealth for, for, for themselves and for their family, their loved ones, and of course, still learning. Um, and then I started to read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I learned the difference between an asset and a liability. I looked at my own property, which I was living in in my own, and thought, well, that's interesting. So I'm paying all this money out in mortgage. Um, I'm living in a, you know, a nice semi-detached house on my own. So I got a lodger. Um, that then, and because I'm still networking, there's a whole, a whole sort of sequence of events that just almost sort of fell in my lap a little bit. I'm still networking. I then ended up managing some HMOs in Abbey Wood for an out-of-area landlord. Um, I took those on from somebody else who had struggled to manage them. Um, you know, to run an HMO, you've got to be of a certain, I'm going to say personality characteristic to be able to deal with some of the stuff that you deal with. And I don't, I don't have any issue dealing with people and what goes on for them, either supporting them or evicting them one way or the other. And I've had very few evictions. So I managed two HMOs. I then uh, was visiting estate agents, lettings agents. Um, I'd learned about rent to rent. I had um, negotiated a fabulous deal on a bungalow, which couldn't be sold. The vendor was asking for too much money. So I came up with a creative solution to that and worked with the vendor, found a joint venture partner. So I did a massive refurb on a bungalow, sold it, made some money out of that. The lease option, I had been too kind with the vendors and I'd given them a break clause, but the break clause paid me a percentage of the value of the property that it was eventually sold for. So I had a chunk of money out of that. 
Um, I got a few rent to rents. I took another lodger on. Um, and that probably took me up to, so I started in 2011, so it wasn't a fast journey by any stretch of the imagination. And then in 2014, my eldest brother died. In 2015, my father died. But what had happened in that whole time was that the, I thought my values were always going to be in property and would always be me building a huge portfolio. I had done another year-long mentoring program with Progressive, so Rob Moore and Mark Homer. I'd been on their VIP program for a year. I'd had coaching and mentoring through that and again learning different strategies, different, yeah, different strategies, mixing and linking them all together because what you know in one can fit another and then when you can combine them, it's like it's like those old, um, um, you know, you join the dots to create the picture. So it's joining the dots and creating the links and what, what works maybe in commercial can come to residential. And then, you know, you join a, a, a vendor finance with a joint venture partner finance and extend a program or do two deals in one. Everything can be created, staying legal, be, can be created to create an opportunity and an option that isn't, I'm going to say, taught because te the teaching tends to be down down the root of one strategy. And it's when you know more across the board where you can then start to combine things. So when um, my dad died in 2015, sorry, 2015, um, Mum and dad had been married at that point 69 years. So mum was on her own. Um, she would have been very late 80s at that point. And my whole being and what I thought were my values disappeared to become very value driven and focused on giving and providing, well, mum and dad, but, you know, and then mum on her own quality of life in their, in their older age. So dad had lost his driving license through um, his eyesight, and I used to take them to hospital appointments and all sorts, willingly um, and grateful that I could do that because I'd created the not a need to have a job <laughs> through what I had done from 2011, August 2011 to 2000 and probably the, towards the end of 2014, maybe a little bit before that actually. Now, what I also recognised while I was doing all of that is that my highest value is freedom. So to do what I want, how I want, when I want, with who I want. And what that had led me down the route of was actually not having goals because I was free. Why did I need goals? I'd, I'd worked for, towards goals from the age of 16 through 50. So I gave myself a break. Didn't know what I was doing when I did that. And now I know what I was doing, which is why my first book that I wrote was about um, goal setting, the practical how-to guide. We are goal-driven creatures all of the time. When we make our goals visible and conscious, that's what we will aim to achieve. That So where our intention is, our attention goes. So without a conscious goal that we have designed... Our attention goes where our unconscious thinks it needs to go. And I'm very happy to talk to anybody more about that. So from 2015 
um, right through to 2018, in reality, I didn't do very much. Although I'm saying that through that period, um, I fully let my house into an HMO, uh, moved out, moved into an accommodation with my mum and at the time my partner, who was also my business partner at the time. Um, fully converted mum's house to an HMO so she would get an income. It, we didn't do that immediately because mum wasn't ready for that, but we did. So she got an income from that. Again, I managed it. Um, took on board managing a commercial office and warehouse type unit because the we had rented storage space there and the previous managing agent basically did a runner. So we took on board that to manage, uh, which was, again, I was getting paid to learn how to deal with commercial. I had been paid to manage the HMOs in Abbey Wood. So again, I was being paid and, and learning. Um, I, we, I had taken on um, a rent to rent earlier, much earlier, uh, which came from one of 16 letters I sent out. And again, um, the joy of knowing and, and of having learnt, I didn't put any deposit down on that property. I did do a little bit of refurb work in it, but as the years went over, I inherited the tenants that were in there, but didn't put any deposit down. And again, I wouldn't recommend it, did it on a handshake. And that property still today in 2022, I still have that as my um, one of my cash flowing um, properties. So, of course, it's a rent to rent. I'm not getting any equity growth on it, but I'm getting the cash flow from it. And I have done, I put a percentage back into that um, regularly to maintain the property and to keep it up and keep it nice because the landlord is absolutely hands off. I've taken on um, another rent to rent from a friend of a friend. I don't advertise really what I do. I'm probably the worst marketers you will ever meet. Um, taken another rent to rent where we converted a residential into an HMO, went through the complete licensing rules, the licensing regulations with the local authority, you know, fire safety, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my rent to rents that I own. So again, I've, um, I've got a small portfolio of my own. They're leveraged 50% because just the price of the properties where they are. I'm one of the landlords who's chosen to not want to travel more than half an hour. I maintain my own properties. I manage my own properties and my rent to rent and portfolio, which isn't huge, but it's enough to keep me out of a job. I'm not an empire builder. I've decided now I've learned not an empire builder. I'm far more of a lifestyle individual. So please make your own decisions on what that means for you. Um, just trying to think what else have I done? Um, and specifically property. Oh, again, um, I've helped other landlords who have, who have got themselves into a bit of a pickle. So I've helped them out of their situation. Um, I run a property meet myself with Rick Walton down in Ashford in Kent for two years. Um, it was Rick's property meet. I told him he needed me to help him manage it. And again, that's, that's a, a great experience. So I have run events for decades, um, running a property meet and getting guest speakers every month. 
is a whole nother experience. And being at the front of the room, which I've done for decades, but being at the front of the room, co-presenting on a regular monthly basis, you know, volunteers to sort the room out for you and, and, and how that works was really good. Um, and I stopped that when my dad um, became very ill. And again, that was so I could support mum and dad. So I sort of gave that up and um, Rick made the decision to not... We advertised for a co-host and very few people came forward. I think very many people realised it's actually really hard work to put on a, a property event. I say hard work. It's not hard work if you love it, but to take the responsibility off on of that and the time it takes to manage, to organise, to get people in the room, to market it, um, and all of that, people didn't want to take it on. So Rick decided to close that down. So that event stopped completely. Um, I've not been particularly active in the property scene over the last couple of years. A, we've had lockdown, and then before that I was um, spending a lot of time with mum. And then 2018, mum died. My relationship broke up almost at the same time. <laughs> Ooh, uh, what a year that was. Um, and now back into, where are we, 2022, beginning of 2022. Um, lockdown's coming up. I've started networking again. Of course, I've been on Clubhouse for over a year now. I love sharing what I do, which is one of the reasons I've set this podcast up. I love helping people create the goals and living the life that... They deserve to live. I love helping people get over their own boundaries and their obstacles. My background in leadership and management really does help me, A, do what I do, but help me help others. I am, if you've got an issue with a relationship, whether it's business or life, I can help you with it. So I classify myself as a human behaviourist. I, I can't be anything else as a description of what I do. I know why humans do what they do. I know why I do what I do. Doesn't always support me in stopping doing what I do if I want to change a habit, but I know why I do it. So at least I can say at least I can analyse it and change it piece by piece. I know why I resist my own self, which is a weird thing to say, but I know self-awareness is absolutely key for all of us who want to do something different. Now, what I will say is not everybody appears to have the barriers and the restrictions that stop them doing something. And many people do. We are not all the same. That is one thing that is for sure. And change, whether it's chosen or imposed, creates the same emotional effect within us. And that's a thought for you. Now, and this is just my property journey. I'm not talking about creating the podcast. I'm not talking about anything to do with crypto, which I also do. I'm not talking about anything linked into social media activity or building websites or any of that. I'm not talking about walking on fire. I'm not talking about creating royalties from producing audios for um, an organisation that sends, they licence it, they pay me royalties. I'm not talking about anything linked into that. And what I would really love for you to take from this 
particular episode within the Conscious Leadership podcast is that you can be who you want to be. You can do what you want to do. And you have to have the goal, you have to have the vision, and you have to become the person that is capable and able of doing the thing that it is that you want to do. So dreams are fabulous, absolutely fabulous, and the dreams need to be taken down into a goal. And then we have to be able to learn the skills, adopt the characteristics, become the person that truly believes they deserve and can do the thing that's required to be done. I couldn't have done lease options without the learning. I couldn't have done a refurb without the learning. I couldn't do a podcast as I'm doing now without the learning. Nothing we do, do we do on our own. We do everything we do with the support and enablement from others. Being on your own is a very lonely place and everything will take longer. And when everything takes longer, ultimately it will cost more. If you want to short circuit, work with me, work with others, however you want to do it. But if you want to short circuit your journey, find a coach, find a mentor, do your due diligence on them. And if you want to talk to me about that, I can help you with that as well. Do your due diligence on them, find out who they are, dig deep because there are people out there selling programs who don't do the do, have never done the do. Um, and there are others out there selling programs who don't market themselves very well, probably a little bit like me, um, and do some fabulous, stunning work and really are supportive. Um, I think I'll end this session there. I will do more of what I've done and how I've done it as episodes on the podcast. I don't very often share details um i sort of am a, sometimes are in that mode of people know what i do but of course they don't until you tell them and that's the part of all of this if you are looking to change your life you have to tell people of what it is you want what it is you're doing because they will they will help you some will some won't i'll do a whole another section on that um, but tell people what you want to do. Put yourself in the network of people that are doing the thing that it is you want to do, whether that's online or face to face. Get out there and get in there. Get the learning. So I wish you the absolute very best. Go out there. Consciously lead your life. Consciously self lead. This is what conscious leadership is. Make the decisions to do what it is you want to do consciously. Because if you don't make them consciously, you will be making them unconsciously and that might not be where you want to go or end up. So I wish you very well. Have a good one. Connect with me if you choose to. I'm on all the social media platforms. Um, if you found me on Instagram, there's a link to you can book a free call and I will share some more in the next episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Conscious Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please contact me on any one of the social media channels. I'm on most of them, including Clubhouse and YouTube, and my books are on Amazon. If you would like a topic discussed, please tell me. And if you have found this information useful, please share and please leave a review.